Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, hello and welcome to episode 38 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how is it going? How is your week? Week is amazing. School has begun, at least for my mm-hmm. child. So that yeah. is, uh, that's great. It is still real hot. I'm really ready for next month when things start cooling down. Um, but it's been good. Whirlwind of activities. Um, you know, trying to get some last minute things in place for for the year to kind of start off and settle down. I don't know why the beginning of the year always feels like the fall when really the beginning of the year is in January. Maybe that's right. ingrained from school time, right? I was, but, yeah. I, well, I feel like when, I don't know about you, where you went to school, but in Ohio, when I went to school, it seemed like we didn't start until like, I don't know, the last couple of days of August. So it was basically about ready for fall time at that point. But yeah, now it seems you know, kids are back earlier. So it's still like in the throes of 100 degree days and, uh, you know, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of heat. So you just get in this, uh, whirlwind, everyone wrapping up their summer vacations and stuff to get the, uh, kids back to school. And that's the focus of our, our, uh, movies this month are back to school. So, uh, what about you guys? Was your uh, kiddo excited to get started? He was, he was a little nervous. I think, um, that is pretty normal. We're doing virtual school again this year. So, um, that being said, as nervous as he was, it was great. He could wake up, he could get in his Captain America costume and yeah, do there school you go. as a hero, as a superhero, um, you know, and that's nice. So he was excited. He's very, um, nervous about reading. He's starting first grade. So reading is like a really big part of first grade. And so mm-hmm. he's worried, you know, he's just a little nervous that he's, um, going to make mistakes and not be perfect. And, it's, it's, you know, we, it's our job as parents to kind of relieve that anxiety, but, um, but yeah, I would say that he's pretty, he's pretty excited about it. Awesome. Uh, anyone listening out there, if you have some good, uh, first grade readers, uh, go ahead and throw those Michaela's way. She'd, uh, be open, (laughs) be open to suggestions, I think. Um, but, but yeah, you know, as far as me, you know, just been getting ready for the, uh, the school year to get started up here. So I've been uh, drinking some sunny delight. I've been moving some chairs. I did a little running today, training for a 5k, you know, to get ready, uh, for the film. But otherwise, you know, I've just been trying to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do with my life, who to love, what to do. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it sounds like we should really grab a cocktail, um, probably with sunny delight in it and, you know, have a huge life-changing event for you and the, the girl that you, that you like, that you pretend are just friends with, um, because I have a feeling that, you know, something's going to happen and you're going to have to, you're going to have to really face, face those emotions. But, uh, with the sunny delight cocktail, I bet we could get it all figured out. That's right. And, uh, this week it all starts with a cocktail. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go mix it up and we'll be back in just a second to talk about it. So this week we're mixing up a cocktail that I think Juno and Bleeker could probably agree on. Um, It's called the Orange Tic Tac and it features um, our favorite soft drink from the 1990s, Sunny Delight. Or now I guess it's called Sunny D. That's what all the cool kids are calling it, right? It's called Sunny D and it is called Orange Drink now, I think is uh, what it's officially called. But but yeah, it's been a long time since I've uh, been down the aisle and grabbed a bottle of Sunny D. But we definitely did this week. Uh, And where did we come up with this recipe? So it came from a website, which is called Bar None Drinks. And it's pretty fun. And this particular article was like, it was like 25 like Sunny Delight cocktails. 
which is good because uh, spoiler alert for the next lobby bar, we're going to have to make up another Sunny Delight cocktail because now I have like a whole gallon of it and our drink doesn't use very much. So I've got a lot of Sunny D left over and I need to uh, find some way uh, to use it up, Michaela. Yeah. Well, and and let's talk a little bit about Sunny D. It says probably because uh, it's against the law to not say this, but it says that it's only 5% juice. It tastes very similar to an orange juice. So if you've never had Sunny Delight or Sunny D as we're calling it these days, um, then you know you could probably substitute orange juice for anything that Sunny D is. But mm-hmm. for some reason, this this got, I mean, I remember this was wildly popular when I was in middle school. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I remember my dad letting me get one um, big jug of it and I drank it and I was like, this tastes just like orange juice, only sweeter. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And back when we were kids, yeah, it definitely was very popular because I remember drinking it when I was a youngster and I uh, haven't had it since. It seemed like it tasted more orange juicy than, than it does now. Now it's more of uh, just like a, uh, not an orange juice, but a orange flavored juice, I guess is, yeah. is how I would describe it. But uh, yeah, we have a lot to uh, get through because like I said, we don't use a lot of it in this cocktail because this is a first for Drink the Movies. And this week's cocktail is a shot. It sure is. Now you can play with this. Um, if you wanted to make it a cocktail drink, you could play with the uh, amounts to make more than just an ounce and a half um, of alcoholic beverage if you so chose. But this is uh, the ingredients. It's an ounce of vodka. Um, they recommended Smirnoff, I believe, but I used mm-hmm. whatever I had on hand. Um, a quarter of an ounce of grenadine, a quarter of an ounce of sunny D. And then what you do is you put a maraschino cherry at the bottom of the shot glass. You fill it up with these ingredients and you shoot it. And, and you shoot it. And supposedly it tastes like an orange Tic Tac. Uh, it, mine wasn't super orange, I think. It was a little bit more on the red side because of the of the grenadine. So I don't know if uh, if uh, maybe if you upped the Sunny D, it would be a little bit more orange. But what did you think about this? Did you think that it tasted like an orange Tic Tac? I did not think that it tasted like an orange Tic Tac. I thought it tasted like vodka. Yeah, um, this, this, was, this this one is uh, I, pretty pretty strong on the vodka. It's not very well balanced for these fun kind of, you know, playful shots. Usually you get those in their a little bit more of the like flavor forward and less of the right. alcohol forward. But yeah, this one was pretty vodka-y. I think my favorite part of it was uh, getting the cherry at the end. So you had a little snack to cut through the vodka <laughs> taste. But right. uh, dis- disclaimer for me, I don't like doing shots. So this wasn't my favorite uh, to begin with. Um, and basically what this is, is it's just a screwdriver. Instead of using regular orange juice, you're using Sunny D. Um, so yeah, if I was going to do this again, I'd probably just opt for the you know regular regular old OJ and some vodka myself. But uh, Michaela, you are more of a fan of shots. What did you think about this one? Yeah, this was not my favorite. Uh, I love shots. Um, I love shots that taste real delicious. Um, I you know they they can be problematic because I do a lot of them when I like them, but. Um, yeah, no, this didn't taste like a Tic Tac to me. It wasn't orangey enough. It certainly didn't look orange. It looked red. And that might have been because we used really nice high-end grenadine. We, um, My husband was traveling this week, so we did not have time to make our own. But I totally recommend you doing that. And if you look at previous pods, um, we have great recipes for how to make your own grenadine. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian is the is the syrup making extraordinaire of the two of us for sure. So um, I recommend doing that. But you want it to be a high end grenadine anyway. Um, and this it it was pink. It didn't really taste very orangey to me at all. It was basically just doing a shot of vodka, which I don't mind. But it was very it you know it burned like vodka burns if you're going to shoot it. It just wasn't. I don't know. I I think we're definitely going to have to revisit this at the lobby bar because again, it it just wasn't, it it wasn't enough. I don't think, um, I really think we just need to play with the need to play with the ingredients amounts a little bit more to make it more balanced. Um, 
I was really surprised because uh, it got great reviews. Like if you look mm-hmm. at this website, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, this tastes just like an orange Tic Tac. I don't know what they were drinking because it doesn't taste anything like an orange Tic Tac, but yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We don't have to like both. We don't have to like every drink, right? <laughs> that's that's right. Absolutely. Um, but if you have a shot that you think that Michaela would like, or that you could, you know, get me into liking, uh, definitely let us know that. Let us know if you have any good Sunny D memories, because we want to know that. But uh, Michaela, for now, I think we should probably uh, do these uh, Tic Tacs, um, probably make up one or two more, because we'll need a couple to get through this week's film. And then we'll take a quick break and be right back to talk about this week's movie. Juno. Spoiler warning for Juno. If you've not yet watched Juno, press pause, go make yourself a shot of orange Tic Tac, watch the movie, come back and we can chat about it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Juno, it came out in 2007. It's rated PG-13 and it's available on Stars, uh, which I think is like a well, it's a movie channel, but randomly it just shows up as being on my Amazon Prime account sometimes. So uh, if you have Amazon Prime, I'd uh, give a look. You might have uh, access to this one if you want to watch it, if you've yep. never seen it. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty good. So it was directed by Jason Reitman. And Jason Reitman's done some pretty cool movies. He did this one, uh, which was pretty well received. He did Up in the Air, which also garnered him a couple of Oscar nods, and he'll be directing the uh, upcoming Ghostbusters film. So a lot of uh, feathers in Mr. Reitman's cap there. Yep. And, and this one's this one's good. It has a really great cast, um, you know, really perfect kind of in these roles. So it stars Elliot Page, Michael Sarah, Jason Bateman, Jennifer Gartner, and the amazing, very amazing, Allison Janney and J.K. Simmons. That's right. I mean, it is truly a perfected, cast a perfectly casted film i think for what we get out of these characters um just just perfect and it actually did win an oscar it won for original screenplay Mm -hmm. um but but elliot page was nominated for um best actress um and then of course best director jason reitman and it was nominated for best picture which is one of the reasons why i was able to see it when it first came out because of my oscar love Mm -hmm. yeah like I said, this one, uh, pretty well received. It was a very interesting take on the subject matter and a, a very interesting take kind of on on humor that you had kind of in these like mid to late, you know, 2000 uh, films like Napoleon Dynamite, stuff like this um, and things. So just kind of this weird kind of quirky, uh, more direct sense of humor. So, yeah, why don't we get right into this one, Michaela? Uh, sure. So this movie, it starts uh, and it goes through kind of the school year um, and it starts in autumn uh, and you'll see Juno there. He's played by Elliot Page uh, standing in like this lawn, uh, taking a swig of a giant jug of Sunny Delight, looking at this old abandoned chair that someone, you know, just kind of left out for the garbage. And she says uh, that it started with a chair and then you get kind of this, you know, kind of pencil drawn uh, animated intro to uh, get the movie started. That's right. Um, The music in this film, it's worth talking about because it really sets the stage. It's kind of these awkward, uh, campy um, ditties that kind of float through the entire film. And Mm -hmm. I forgot how the movie began with this beautiful animated intro of Juno walking around holding her sunny delight, um, kind of going through the town uh, to get to the drugstore where she's picking up a pregnancy test. But the music is is kind of quirky. Um, I had totally forgotten this animated intro and I forgot how amazing it was because it does this really great mix of like realism because it looks real, very realistic. Juno, I, I think they might've like uh, kind of put a video of her and then drawn around it or something. It's really Mm -hmm. cool looking. Um, I am not an artist by any stretch. I just know what I like to see. And I really loved the beginning of this. Um, But yeah, I I was watching it with a group of people who had not seen it before. And they were like, "Mm, I don't know, (laughs) because it is kind of quirky. The music is kind of interesting. Music's great. This whole soundtrack is is boss. It's totally awesome. Uh, Yeah. And I could I could see it if you were watching it for the first time, the animated intro, it, it's the entire length of the song. So it is maybe a little long if you don't know what you're expecting. 
Um, you know, especially now in our smartphone, uh, everything needs to be digested in just a couple of seconds. So it does feel maybe a little bit long if you're new to it, but yeah, it's really cool. It's a really cool way to kind of introduce the uh, kind of tone that this film's going to have. And then it basically just gets right into it. So Juno's going into the drugstore. Uh, the clerk at the drugstore, uh, his name is Rollo, and he's played by Rain Wilson, also known as Dwight Schrute from The Office, uh, who is awesome. Um, and he gives her a bunch of shtick because she's there to buy a third, I think, pregnancy test. And... Uh, <laughs> And I guess the third one is going to tell her the same thing that the previous two uh, told her, Michaela. Yeah, as uh, as Rain as Rain says, your leg, your ego, a prego, right? She yeah. uh, she is pregnant, and when she says it all started with a chair, um, that was the chair that apparently her and her best friend, whose name is Bleaker, that's his mm-hmm. name. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's well, his name is his name is Polly, Polly Bleaker. <laughs> Polly Bleaker, but she just calls him Bleaker. It's really it's kind of cute. Um, but that's that's where they they ended up doing the deed and having and now she's she's kind of in this predicament, right? Where uh she's like, Well, I guess I'll buy these red vine. Uh it's it looks like red licorice, but it's just a giant rope of yeah. like Twizzler-ish material, right? It's like it's like the thing in uh Wayne's world that they have in the yes. dispenser in their car. Yeah. Totally. And she decides to take that home. And at first you think it's gonna be another better off dead moment because she kind of makes it into like a noose and you know, uh outside of her house and um, but then quickly bites through it and she's like, Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm not gonna do that. So that's a good choice, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, decides to, uh, eat the red vine, which is good because red vines are delicious, but, uh, you know, carrying on, we go up into her room. She has to figure out what she's doing. Uh, her room, very, uh, you know, teenage, uh, girl, you know, very like artistic, has a lot of cool, like art and drawings and, uh, pictures of bands and all sorts of cool stuff on her walls. She has like this awesome hamburger phone, uh, which is really cool. Um, uh, things you it don't have really now cool. because because now we don't have phones in our house. So you no one what? has a hamburger bet, phone anymore. But, you know, I don't know. The listeners, people who are waiting with bated breath for good ideas of ways to go make a million dollars. Guys, girls, look, listen, here's what you need to do. You need to go figure out a way to have a hamburger phone, cell phone. That would be the shiz. It would be so amazing. We would love it. The yeah. world would it would take the world by storm. Go make it happen. <laughs> So it would be harder to lose maybe and drop. Yeah, right. Well, apparently it's not great because she keeps talking to people on it. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm on my hamburger phone. Give me a minute. It's very awkward, (laughs) but it's like the coolest phone ever. Yeah, it's so it's all the super quirky stuff. So she calls she calls her friend and she's like complaining about something. And then she mentions that she's pregnant and her friend Leah is like, oh, you probably, you know, should have led with that. Maybe Uh, that was that was more important. But uh, what are we going to do about this? So, uh, you know, Leah kind of talks to her, you know, she's taken a couple of their other friends into a couple of these clinics around town uh, to have an abortion. Uh, maybe that's the good plan, but you know, Juno's more concerned with uh, getting this chair. So she says, come help me, help me with this chair. Uh, and they go and they grab it off of the street and they carry it over to, to her friend's house, to Polly Bleeker's house. And that's where we're off to next. That's right. So uh, it's an amazing scene. Polly, you know, Bleeker, he, he wakes up, he's a total awkward kid, right? Like he doesn't look like someone that would like totally get someone pregnant on purpose. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's just a, he's just a 16 year old kid. Right. And he loves Mm -hmm. to run. So he wears these real baggy running shorts that are like bright yellow and this red shirt. And then he's got these yellow um, sweat bands around his wrists and his head. And um, he's played just absolutely perfectly by Michael Sarah, Right. I, I mm-hmm. don't know how they could get more awkward and cute and yet still very real, but they, he does such a great job. So he exits his house because he's going to go running with his running team. And, you know, Juno is sitting there with like the big chair. She's got a, a lion. Um, yeah, like a lion, lion. Yeah. Like a lion uh, rug she's there. She's, she's smoking a pipe. Like she's, she's, well, she's pretending she's, to smoke a pipe. Yeah. She's uh, like laid out this entire like scene from out of you know some very quirky Sherlock Holmes, and she's like, "Hello there, Bleaker. Guess what?" And uh, she lets him know in like this super 
cool way. She's like, I'm pregnant. And I just thought I'd let you know. And he's like, Oh, okay. Uh, what are you going to do about it? Like, what, what, what do we do? What do we do? And, uh, she's like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, she's yeah. very like, it's not that big of a deal. I got a plan. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. Uh, cause it wasn't your idea anyway, you know, and, uh, Bleaker's like, well, you know, who, whose idea was it? Uh, so, so yeah, you, you get the, uh, impression here that, that Juno is kind of leading this kid along, right? Like right. she's, uh, uh, she's dictating the terms of their relationship to him. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's not getting what he wants out of it. Um, but you know, you can definitely tell that they're, uh, like you said, they're super cute. They're uh, really in love. And at school, uh, they're, they're lab partners, uh, which is pretty fun. So you get a nice little uh, glimpse into their school. They actually don't spend a lot of time in school. This is kind of one of one of just a couple of school scenes that we get. But yeah, they're in kind of lab partners talking a little bit about the, uh, the situation and what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, Bleaker's wanting to, you know, I guess, I guess, keep this relationship momentum going, but Juno's quick to, uh, quick to put an end to it. Right. Right. She's like, yeah, that, that happened. And that was a thing. And, you know, uh, and I love the labs partner scene because they are actually really cool. He's like, you know, I'm going to go get the, the burner and I'm going to set this experiment up. And the other couple, there are, there are dating couple and they're having like this epic argument because I guess one of them went somewhere for the summer and, the other one totally believes that she was cheated on by the other guy. And it's like this, you know, they're, they're like pimply faced 15 year old kids having these incredibly dramatic conversations about their relationships and Juno and Bleeker mm-hmm. who are having literally a very dramatic thing that they're in the middle of trying to figure out are like, well, um, who's gonna use, uh, you know, the, um, the tweezers on this and you know they're just yeah. kind of trying to figure out school. Right. So um, it's really kind of dark. Um, I think that depending on it's at this point, you know, you're, you're going to know if you're like, if you're okay and you're watching this, um, you're, you're either going to let it take you on this ride, or you're just going to think it's really stupid or maybe not, um, not the right way to handle this kind of subject matter. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're at this point in the movie and you're like, this is not my thing yet, yeah, it's not going to be your thing for the rest of this because it takes you on this journey um, in this way. And it talks about this pretty serious subject matter in a very quirky kind of mm-hmm. very com- comedic based way. Right. Um, yeah, so exactly. The next, especially the next scene, right. Which is when Juno is calling the abortion clinic and she literally is saying, you know, I'd like to procure a hasty abortion and what do I need to do to do that? And she's super, you know, she's very lighthearted about it. She, um, you know, ends up telling the audience kind of about her family and about, you know, her parents are divorced. They divorced mm-hmm. when she was really young. Her mom immediately kind of left and found some new guy to be with and has like a bunch of other kids. She doesn't really see her mom much. So she lives with her dad. Her dad's remarried. They have a daughter. So she has kind of a stepdaughter and a stepmom. And, Mm -hmm. you know, her stepmom is played so complete. I mean, her parents are just, both of them are great. J.K. Simmons is her father. Um, Allison. Yeah, Allison Janney is her her mom. Yeah, um, is is her mom, uh, Brenda. And yeah, you get kind of this montage about her parents. So her dad is like an HVAC guy, uh, ex-military. So he's very, you know, kind of strict by the book. He's always, you know, taught him to, you know, be at places on time. Uh, You know, his stepmom, you know, she gives her a little bit of uh, shtick about some stuff, but, you know, it seems like they you know, kind of overall, uh, get along pretty well, but, you know, kind of just this, uh, different family dynamic, I guess that they're, they're getting set up, but yeah, she, she calls in to the abortion clinic to get, to get one scheduled. And, you know, that's kind of where she thinks that, you know, this adventure is going to end. So she goes to the clinic and one of their classmates is there, uh, protesting, I guess, as, as you do for some reason, but, uh, she, she gets there and, uh, just it doesn't sit well with her i guess when she when she gets inside 
Yeah, I want to say this is this is a really actually loving, well, maybe not loving way, but it was the it was the best light that you could put on someone who's protesting this kind of thing, right? Because she's just there. It's she's it's she's the only one there. There's not like a horde of people calling someone names. And she's just saying, you know, all babies want to get born. And she's uh really cute. And so she's she's like, hey, do you know? how's it going? And Juno's like, Hey, I'm just going to sneak past you and go into the clinic real quick. And it's kind of awkward, but it's, um, but she sits there, Juno sits there and she's looking at a bunch of the people that are there. And it just doesn't, it doesn't sit well. She starts looking at the clock and she just gets up and runs out literally like runs out. And uh, she goes to her friend Leah's house and she says, I just couldn't do it. I'm I'm going to stay with this. I'm, I'm going to, I'm certainly don't want to be a parent though. I'm not ready for that. So we're, I'm going to figure out a way to give the baby up for adoption. Like I, I don't want to have an abortion, but I can't do this. And so, you know, she's got to, she's got some choices that she's got to make because she's got to figure <laughs> out what to do with this. Right. Um, yeah. And Leah, good friend, she knows that, you know, people are always advertising in the penny saver to adopt your kid. So that's, they're kind of in the park, like reading through these uh, magazines, trying to find a, a nice family. Uh, and they, you know, kind of land on one, one that uh, Juno liked the looks of this family. Uh, but, you know, kind of in the, in the meantime, we get uh, bleaker, you get a little scene with him. Uh, he's laying in bed. He's looking at the yearbook, you know, reading kind of the note that Juno had written to him, uh, looking a little longingly, a little, uh, I don't, I don't know, concerned, confused, uh, kind of all of the, all of the feelings, all of the angst that you have, I guess, when you're, when you're, uh, in high school, uh, this age, especially if your, you know, girlfriend just turns up on your lawn in a chair and tells you that she's pregnant and not to worry about it because it was all her idea anyways. And, uh, you know, he was kind of just, uh, just like, a, wait, an extra sure to this I, thing. I, right. I was there. I was pretty, I'm pretty sure I was there. And they kind of talk about that later, but yeah, he's, he's, he definitely, he does so well at, being this kind of like he he could tell he really cares about her but he gives her so much space um he doesn't like you know go after her and you know and, and be like we should be together nothing like that he's just kind of like oh you know whatever um mm -hmm. so juno you know her and her friend leah they decide you know they have to tell her parents yeah. And um, you, can, you can't give a you can't give a baby up for adoption without looking pretty pregnant without, and, right. and mom and dad are going to figure it out so yeah they have to have to tell the parents Yep. And uh, again, you know, the parents are super cool about it. Like there's no screaming. Well, first they ask, um, you know, Brenda asks Juno, hey, um, did you throw up in my urn that's by the front door? I, I guess it's like an umbrella holder or something. And Brenda's, uh, you know, she's just really curious. She says, you know, it was, there was all this blue gunk and in my urn. And of course, Juno totally did throw up in the urn because she's pregnant and she's going through morning sickness. And so she's at first like, no, no, didn't do that. Um, but I do need to talk to you about something. Um, so I'm having a baby and, you know, they are very accepting of the fact that they're going to have a baby. Um, they're, you know, they don't, they don't freak out nearly as much as I, I probably would have, um, or I would have expected mm -hmm. my parents to, for sure. Um, they immediately go into, you know, not damage control, but they go into like, uh, logistics mode, right. Which mm -hmm. probably lends itself to the fact that the father was in the, you know, the army for a long time, you know, they're like, okay, we need to get you a doctor. We need to get you some prenatal vitamins. I mean, Brenda just totally steps up and she's not going to berate her stepdaughter about, the you know what she's done or anything because juno kind of has a plan she says look i found this family i want to give the baby up for adoption to them i have an appointment with them in a week and you know the dad's like well i'm totally going to go with you um and then of course the dad's like wait a minute who's the father how did this even happen you know <laughs> yeah yeah he said who's the kid and you know juno just being the snarky teenager that she is she's like well i don't know it's still pretty small you know we haven't <laughs> i don't know anything about it yet and he's like no the father and he's and she says oh Polly bleaker and you know he just kind of gives a look um and uh but yeah they go right into uh you know getting this thing sorted right brenda's like well, we got to get you prenatal vitamins we got to get you the doctor um, you know, and her dad, uh, uh, Mac, uh, JK Simmons, right. there's like going to go to this, go to this meeting. And then kind of after, after this little family meeting is ended and, and she walks out, uh, you know, her parents are like, 
well, you can't be mad at Polly because we both know that it wasn't his idea, right? So. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We all know that this was the head. They had no say in it, which is not fair. Uh, that's not really fair. But but they but they were uh, pretty relieved that it wasn't like a teacher or something because apparently her, her Juno's best friend like has total crushes on teenagers or on teachers that look like these forty year old dad guys. Which yeah. now that I'm a forty year old mom person, that doesn't seem bad. But when you're sixteen, that's totally gross. But whatever. Um, so, you know, it, it, we quickly move and we meet the family, the the couple that wants to adopt uh, this baby. Um, That's right. Yeah, it's the Loring family. So it's Vanessa yeah. and Mark, and they're played by uh, Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman uh, pretty well. Who and is a vampire. Jason Bateman, if you are listening, I don't know what vitamins you're taking but you need to let the world know because you yeah. look exactly the same as you did in teen wolf 2 which was 25 years before this film it is yeah. insane yeah <laughs> he looks andy exactly looked, the same andy looks the same 14 years since this film as well yeah. now but uh but yeah they're pretty great i like the i like the scene of them driving because uh you know the mcguffs have like this old like blue like van thing i don't know what model it is but it's really like interesting looking but it's this old kind of kind of beater van and they're going through this neighborhood and it's just you know like little like mcmansion after mcmansion and then they finally turn into one and that's where the uh the loring family are and they open the door they invite them in uh they offer uh you know juno if she wants a drink and she uh of course uh asks for a maker's mark which is which is a good drink but not something you should have if you're 16 or if you're pregnant and definitely not if you're 16 and pregnant um you know so just kind of a joke but they're there they're there to i guess negotiate uh kind of the terms of this adoption their attorney is there uh juno's dad is there and you know just trying to trying to get this uh i guess the legalese of this whole thing kind of sorted out yeah yeah there's a it's, it's kind of awkward because the lawyer's there and, you know, say asking a bunch of questions and, you know, you know, she's a, she's truly like a 16 year old teenager. She doesn't know uh, what her rights are in this situation. She doesn't know how this is supposed to go. She's just like, yeah, I mean, let's do this. And the, the, the Loring family, you know, Jennifer Garner's character is very anxious. Um, she's really tried to make it look like they are the perfect couple and, She's like, you know, how, how sure are you? How are you feeling? You know, um, do you want any other compensation? And she's like, what? I don't want you to pay me for the baby. I mean, yeah, you could help me with the medical bills and stuff because like her family doesn't look like they can afford that. But she's like, yeah, like I, I trust y'all. Like, let's just do this. Like, I'm ready to go. She's all in, like she's super naive and sweet and trusting. And um but she has to go to the bathroom. So she ends up going upstairs because they're redoing the tile uh, in the bathroom downstairs. Mm -hmm. And that's where she, you know, she kind of does um, a nosy nose, right? She's looking in their bathroom mm -hmm. and she stumbles upon uh, Mark's guitar room, right? Because he's only allowed to keep like the stuff that he loves in one room of the house, I guess. It's yeah. like a man cave thing. Um, I don't understand that, but yes, that's that's where he is. And so they get to talking about music and uh, the actual guitars that he has because Mark is a musician, um, or at least that's what he says at the time. And it's kind of strange, you know, uh, Lori, uh, sorry, Vanessa kind of comes up and says, well, maybe we should get back down, but you can tell there's something kind of off. You don't really know. Well, at least I felt that way watching this. You don't really know what's going on, but you're like, hmm. mm -hmm. you know, Mark's like super connecting to Juno and it's almost kind of creepy, but, but, but not, you don't want to believe that it's creepy at this point. Um, and Vanessa is like, I just want to have this baby. Can we please just move this adoption process along? Because she wants to make sure that we get all of the stuff written down with the lawyer. And yeah, so this is, uh, yeah, definitely setting up some red flags here, uh, between the, uh, between uh, Mark and Juno. Um, and those red flags are going to keep coming as we uh, progress through the story for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I guess the the adoption is kind of ready to go. Uh, we get our next season, so we're in winter now. Uh, <laughs> I really like this bleaker is at uh, his uh, cross-country uh, practice and one of his teammates, I guess cross-country just runs year-round at the school. But um, but I guess uh, one, of his, one of his teammates comes up to him and he's like, hey, did you hear Juno was pregnant? And Bleaker goes, yeah. And his teammate said, did you hear that it was yours? <laughs> Bleaker's like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, 
yeah, okay. Um, and then, you know, Juno, Juno comes up to him and she's about to go in for, I guess, her first kind of ultrasound thing. And, you know, Bleaker asks if, if he should come. And, you know, again, she's, you know, kind of giving him the, uh, the cold shoulder on it. She's like, no, you don't need to, to come. Don't worry about it. You know, uh, Brenna's going to take me. So uh, they go in and uh, she's having the uh, ultrasound and, you know, taking a look at the baby there. And the ultrasound technician completely out of line says, well, that's good. When Juno, you know, lets her know that she's giving it up for adoption. Um, Brenda doesn't take too kindly to that. Uh, so you get a pretty neat scene of, you know, her coming to Juno's defense. That really kind of solidifies that they, they have a good relationship other than, you know, 16 year old snarky uh, right. girls just kind of acting that way towards their uh, stepmom for sure. But, uh, but yeah, definitely kind of a loving protecting relationship that they've, they've kind of formed. Yeah. She totally goes on mama bear and it's amazing to watch because, you know, Gino's pretty wise beyond her years. Um, but she, you know, in, in some ways, but she still is very, the way in which she speaks and the way in which she thinks is can, can be very naive. So she was like, let's get a picture. And, you know, I can show it to Mark and Vanessa and the tech is like, Oh, are those your friends at school? And it's just really, um, she just She's really very, puts her down. She's just yeah, very, very patronizing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, Brenda is not having any of that. She's like, you know what? Why don't we all, you know, I'm a nail tech. You're a ultrasound tech. Why don't we stick to the things that we know? And you're just taking pictures. Like that's all you're doing. We didn't ask for your advice. It's so great. Um, and so, you know, she, Juno gets this really cool picture of the baby in the sonogram or the ultrasound and they and she wants to take the car which is a really cool that that's blue van is just amazing and so she takes this van she drives all the way out uh to mark and vanessa's house to kind of hand it over but uh vanessa's not there she's working on something she's left you know this is when people worked outside the home and but mark works home all day and he is actually not like a musician who works in a band he used to be in a band but now he does like jingles for commercials and things like that and so mark and juno kind of start to talk and connect some more about music and you know, he's red like, flag. Oh, red yeah. flag. <laughs> <laughs> As a 30 something year old person, you should not be connecting this much with a 16 year old girl, especially one who's pregnant. It's weird. Um, but anyway, they're talking about music and you, you want to think that it's okay. Um, and that they're just, they're just chatting and they're playing, like he lets her play his guitar and they're kind of strumming through chords. And then Vanessa shows up and she's completely freaked out um but she's more like is the baby okay do you have something to tell us have you changed your mind what's going on and mm -hmm. um juno's like no man uh here just took a picture and wanted to give it to you like she is clueless as to how weird this could be perceived and i think she does that so well because i remember being 16 and being in the middle of situations where my parents or my friends parents were like what's going on? This looks weird. And I would be like, what? No, we're just friends. Everything's great. And it was like, no, this is odd. Like you might yeah. not feel like it's odd, but it's totally weird. And so, yeah. And Brenda also thinks it's odd because, you know, Juno after, after this, you know, spending time with Mark, watching horror movies, talking music, uh, taking the ultrasound pictures over, she gets home and Brenda's like, well, where, you know, where have you been? And Juno's like, oh, I ran over to Mark and Vanessa's house to take them the ultrasound and she's like why would you do that you could have mailed it to them they live like an hour away why would you go over there and you know juno's like well mark's really mark's cool we were just we were listening to music and you know watching movies and brenda's like you can't do that he's you know he's married you can't can't do it and you know juno's like i can have friends that are married and brenda's like you you just you don't understand it's it's different that's not really how it works for, like you said, you know, 30 something and 16 year old somethings to be hanging out, uh, you know, alone and, uh, you know, throwing up red flags uh, left and right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really strange. And th this is the only kind of bitey, snarky exchange that they have around each other, because she's like, look, I, you know, Juno says, you're, you know, I can do what I want. And she's like, and Brenda's like, no, you can't. You know, I've made a lot of sacrifices. And I'm telling you, this is weird. Um, you know, I can't have dogs. And it's like a big deal. She loves dogs. Like she you know, has she cuts out pictures of them. She makes like embroidered 
uh, things of dogs. I, she knits mm-hmm. them. She crochets them. She loves dogs, but she can't have dogs because Juno is allergic to their saliva. And so she's like, when you move out of this house, I'm going to be able to do that. And it's the first time that it's, it's kind of a, a, a unpleasant exchange between the two of them. But mm-hmm. Juno's like, fine, whatever. Um, but I think it does work because her mom's like, look, you know, he's married and this is weird. Like the, you're not just being friendly. Like you're, t- you, you watch movies. Like it's just what, no, nah, that's just odd. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Juno takes kind of the lesson in this yeah. and, yeah. uh, and you know, she needs to kind of go make amends with Bleaker. I think she's kind of realized that, that, you know, maybe this isn't the the best relationship. Maybe she already has kind of a relationship and she needs to go sort of uh, do what she can. So she goes over to, uh, you know, kind of the next day at school then, you know, he's he comes out, you know, Juno's there and she's like, oh, you probably, you know, you thought I was cute then when, you know, we were in that chair, but, you know, you're not going to think I'm cute when I'm, you know, nine months pregnant and I weigh 10,000 pounds and right. you know, kind of all this stuff. And, and, you know, Bleaker's like, I'll always think you're cute, uh, which is really sweet. Um, but yeah, yeah kind of, it, it's just kind of these little, these little like one-off moments to uh, just to remind you that, you know, they actually are, are in love and have some sort of, uh, you know, romantic feelings towards one another kind of as this story is progressing and it's progressing fast for Mark, I guess, because we're back at the Loring's house. They're getting the, uh, the nursery set up and Vanessa yeah. has, has painted two yellow stripes on the wall, which, uh, seem to be identical. Um, but <laughs> no, they're but apparently, slightly different colors, Brian, come uh, on. Apparently, one is apparently, clearly custard and the other one is cheesecake and they look completely different. <laughs> com- completely, completely different. Um, but yeah, so you, you can tell that, you know, Vanessa is super into you and having this baby and we're going to see as much because, uh, Juno and her, uh, friend are at the mall, uh, walking around and they see Vanessa there. Um, you know, and Vanessa, you know, gets a chance to, you know, feel the baby kick. She's like kind of kneels down and is like talking to, uh, the baby in uh, Juno's stomach. But yeah, you know, Juno is seeing just how important this is to Vanessa. So she's, she's gotten a little bit of a lesson from Brenda about, kind of her behavior she's getting a little lesson from uh Vanessa here about how how important this thing is you know even though she's been making kind of light of it um it is really important to uh you know to to Vanessa to the uh, future parents of this child so yeah I mean Juno in in their first meeting you know they Vanessa's very much like are you feeling okay and she's like yeah yeah you don't want to be pregnant trust me and Vanessa kind of has this pained face because she would have loved to have been pregnant, right? And been able to be pregnant. And so, mm-hmm. you know, now you see Vanessa is taking this very seriously. She really wants to feel the baby kick. She wants to talk to the baby. She wants to be as involved in this pregnancy as possible. And she's taking it really serious. And Mark is like talking to her about music and movies and, um, you know, anything but like the baby stuff, right? And the, the, the scene where Vanessa and Mark are looking over these two very similarly um, colors of yellow for the room. Mark is like, I think this is moving too fast. Like, I think she's Juno might change her mind. I, I, I'm not, I'm not ready to agree on a color of the baby room. And there's this area behind them where Vanessa is saying, you know, we need a family photo here. Um, And I disagree. Like I'm ready to, paint this room and you wonder how many times um they've been through this if this has been you know this is the third or fourth person who said hey you can adopt my baby and then they decide to change their mind um that's kind of the way the adoption process works in the U.S. is that it's really up until the baby is born and and even a short time thereafter where Mm -hmm. the the mom the the birth mother still has those rights to take her baby so it's it's very um it's got to be really totally an anxiety ridden time for Vanessa um but you're right I mean I think the scene where it's it's starting you know the scene where they're in the mall and Juno gets to see Vanessa playing with her friend's daughter it really kind of opens her eyes to you know this is a human and this human is going to need to be taken care of and Vanessa's really excited and up for that, right? As mm. much as you can be not having had a kid before, right? Yeah, exactly. And the the pregnancy, you know, doesn't stop. So we're into our next season, spring. 
uh, writes it there across this across the screen. Uh, Brenda's sewing like some elastic bands into Juno's uh, jeans, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and you know, Juno's, you know, calls Mark, tells tells him, you know, how things are progressing. But she gets some bad news. Uh, she finds out from her friend that Bleeker is going to prom with this girl named Katrina. And uh, she'd actually told Bleeker to ask Katrina out to prom uh, earlier. Uh, but I think it was one of those, I'll suggest this because I know you won't do it. But then when he actually does it, uh, it doesn't sit very well with her. So she goes to confront Bleeker and he's he finally is kind of stands up to her a little bit. And he's like, what what do you want from me <laughs> right you right. basically you've made it very clear that you're not interested in me this whole time you told me to ask this girl out and i did and now you're mad at me he's like you that's not fair you don't get to be mad at me and he's absolutely right i have to say yeah he's absolutely right and i feel like the delivery that he gives to her is a delivery that you would give his his demeanor is very calm and also very precise when he delivers uh this feeling right and, and it's, yeah. i feel like it, at the same time i was like man i hope i never get into an argument with brian because i feel like this is exactly <laughs> how you would say it because he was like you you you're being really mean and that's not right and you're the one who broke my heart so stop it i mean and that's it he doesn't go off he doesn't call her a bunch of names he's just like this is not okay you know i don't under i don't know what you want me to do you told me to leave you alone i'm leaving you alone you told me to ask out katrina i don't even like katrina she smells like soup (laughs) it's so (laughs) great it's such a funny oh it's so funny but it's also great because you can see how he has really tried to give her space and everything because that's what she said she wanted um Mm -hmm. But he's like totally in love with her. It's really, oh, it's great. Um, and so, you know, Juno, yeah. I, I don't know where she gets this next great idea, but she decides well, I think, to- I think it's I think it's because she's hurt. I think she always kind of knew that Bleeker would, you know, just wait for her until she was ready to admit to herself that that's who she really wanted. But he's moved on and I think that that probably hurt her. So yeah, so uh, what is what is one to do when you're making bad decisions? But it's- put on lipstick and go visit Mark. Uh, and my, another uh, red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 as a person who watched this a few times, I thought it was innocent enough until this scene because she ends up going in her van uh, over to Mark and Vanessa's and she puts lipstick on and it's like, mm-hmm. what are you, what are you doing that for? You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you were someone who wore lipstick all the time and all day and it was just who you were, but she's a jeans and like a, you know, Thundercats t-shirt kind of girl. You know, this Mm -hmm. is not, this is definitely uh, something else. And it's, it's kind of creepy. So she goes, and of course, Vanessa's at work. Um, Mark is there and he's, uh, he's happy to see her. He's like, Hey, uh, let me show you some stuff. And so, and she's brought like mixtapes and she's like, here's what, you know, we need to, I need you to turn this on and go to number three. And it's this, you know, move uh, this song that's kind of, it's kind of slow. And he's like, oh, you know, we, I danced to this at my prom. And so then of course they start slow dancing and it's real creepy. It is. It is real creepy. Uh, And then, you know, he goes on to say that he's leaving Vanessa uh, and Juno's like, no, hold on, put the brakes on. You can't do that. You're supposed to be the parents of this kid. Uh, kid doesn't want to have a broken home, right? Her parents had, had divorced, I guess. So she, you know, wanted to make sure that her care, her kid was going to go with, you know, some loving couple that were going to be together and flowers and rainbows all the time and stuff. And, uh, I guess that that's, that's not happening, but yeah, the, the whole scene is, is very creepy. And I guess I, I definitely get a sending mixed signals, uh, Juno and Mark. They were they were not reading the uh, situation the same, I guess, is yeah, and I what you could say. It, yeah, and it, as a parent, it freaks me out. Like, what, what kind of situation did he think he was reading with a 16-year-old girl who was already pregnant? This is hey. not, oh, oh, whatever. And so, of course, but Juno now has seen loud and clear. She's like, I don't need to be you know, older to understand that you were being a total a-hole and that's what she says. And she Mm -hmm. says, this is all your fault. Like, this is you, you need to stop. You need to think about what you're doing and you need to not, not leave Vanessa. We need to figure this out. And so of course, Vanessa shows up at the most inopportune time because Juno is really upset. She's crying. Vanessa's obviously worried that Juno's not okay with that. Something's wrong with the baby. And Juno kind of looks over at Mark and they have this, huge kind of 
very destructive conversation Mark and Vanessa do it right in front of Juno mm-hmm. um, where Mark's like, look, I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm ready. And she's like, no, Mark, we're totally ready. And he says, no, we're prepared. I just don't think I'm ready. And she, yeah. Vanessa has this very biting, sad uh, way of talking to Mark. And she says, look, I, I, if you are going to wait until you become like a rock star, like the next Justin Timberlake or whatever, I'm never going to be a mom. And this is all I want. Mm-hmm. And Mark's like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not up for that. Yeah. I don't want to do it. And it's yeah. right at this point, Juno just like slams the door and leaves. Right. And she's so upset. Um, yeah. She's very upset. And this kind of next section is really, um, it's really, it's very, it's very sad. It's very beautiful. Kind of at the same time, she's driving this van home, this, uh, cool looking van. And she kind of pulls off the side of the road and she just, she just starts to cry for like 60 seconds just to kind of regain her composure. And then she keeps going and it kind of cuts, um, between her driving the van and then you're back in Bleaker's room with him and he's playing, uh, you know, just the, the guitar and it kind of carries over with him playing the guitar back over to Juno's kind of laying on top of this van and you'll see her kind of pull out this, I think it's like a wrapper or something from like some fast food or something like no, that, or a wadded his, up piece of paper. Or... Yeah. It's her dad's HVAC, one of his HVAC receipts. That's all oh, yeah. up in the back. Yeah, that's right. So you kind of get, you kind of get that scene and then it goes back to Mark and Vanessa and there, uh, Vanessa's like sitting at the table, Mark walks in, um, and Vanessa's like, I guess we need to talk about this divorce. And about that time, you hear a knock at the door. Um, they go open it. You see the van kind of driving away. And there's like this uh, little wadded up note uh, kind of on the doorstep there, uh, which Vanessa picks up. But you don't see what it says uh, kind of at, at this time. But yeah, Juno's been through the ringer, I guess, here at this point. So she gets home and uh, is going to have to talk to her dad. You know, she's pretty, pretty upset and she needs to to find out from her dad who better to go ask for some love advice than your dad, JK Simmons. That's who I would ask if he was my dad. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't push her. He says, you, you doing okay. And she's like, I just don't, I don't know if, if, are there any relationships that are really going to last that can be together, you know, where people can actually be together over a, a really long period of time. Does that ever work? And his, her dad, which, it's really sweet. He says, well, you know, I've been with your stepmom 10 years and it works. I mean, we're real happy. And the only thing I can say is, you know, you need to find someone who loves you for exactly who and what you are. And, you know, good days, bad days, they're still going to think, you know, the sun shines out of your butt. And that's, that's all you can ask for. Um, and be honest enough, right. To know who exactly you are and know who's going to love you for it. And so it, it's really great. But then of course her dad's like, wait, you're talking about me, right? You're talking about me being the love of your life. <laughs> right. And Juno's like, yeah, dad, of course I am. <laughs> she kind of walks out um, because she knows that, you know, this whole time Bleaker has been the one that she is in love with and that she probably did all these things to keep herself from getting hurt. Um, like tell him it was her idea to go ahead and, and do the thing that got them pregnant and, you know, be like, go date some other girl. And she was just kind of pushing him away because she didn't want to feel what she feels. Um, but instead, uh, well, now that she's realized that she's going to do the coolest thing ever, um, which is she'll, she goes to his house. She writes some chalk on the the steps so when he goes outside in his really baggy shorts ready to um go run he sees a note saying check the mail he opens his mailbox and there's like 300 billion orange tic-tac boxes falling onto the street and uh it's so great yeah so he gets to he gets to school i guess or to cross-country practice or whatever um and she's out there and you know he asked her he says oh did you give me all these tic tacs, and she's like, "Yeah, I did." I said, "Well, that's good. Yeah, I think I'm good now <laughs> until the end of college." So, so that's good. And and she just, you know, Juno's very matter of fact about everything. She doesn't really beat around the bush. She, she just kind of, she just kind of tilts her head and she says, "I think I'm in love with you." Um, and that's that's kind of, you know, kind of just just sums it up. Like I said, she doesn't beat around the bush uh, or anything like that. Um, and I 
I think that's kind of a, at this point, Bleeker <laughs> reclaims his love. I think he asks if they can make out now and they start kissing, uh, which is, which is pretty good. Pretty good for uh Bleeker there. Got yeah. back the, uh, the girl that he was into. He, he, uh, you know, he, he uh, went through kind of jumping through hoops, hoops for, but I guess it all worked out in the end. Um, but you know, still, still have the, uh, the baby on its way. So, uh, Juno goes into labor. She doesn't tell Bleaker cause he had a cross country meet that weekend or something. So she didn't tell him that she was going in. Um, and, and they get in there, uh, and her mom, uh, Brenda says the, uh, says the best thing, you know, Juno's in there. She's kind of pacing around. She's like, uh, can I get that? Can I get that thing in my spine yet? Or whatever I need, I need some medicine. And Brenda's like, you can't have it yet. You're not ready yet. And you're not ready yet because doctors are sadists who like to play God and watch lesser people scream. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's the best. It's so good. Oh, and the way she, when she realizes she goes into labor, right. Um, and this is not going to be every woman's experience, but she's like reading a book and she's laying in bed and she's like, dad, dad. And of course her dad's like, what, you know, <laughs> because she's probably like, get me a drink. I can't move. Um, but he's <laughs> like, either she's like, either I peed my pants or, um, and you know, JK Simmons like, or what? And she says, thundercats are go. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> best way to tell your family that, that you're, that you're having a baby. I, I, I wish, I wish I had done that. That was, that was super cool. So they're all really excited. The mom's excited. Um, you know, the stepmom's excited. Little Liberty Bell, which is her stepsister. They're excited. They're like, we're having a baby. It's going to be fine. Um, which is really great because this is not an ideal situation, but they make the best of it. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, she ends up having, this baby and it's a really tough scene um because it's it looks real painful and um uh not not so much fun because you know um and uh then uh it it ends up uh that bleaker he's finishing his swim yeah you know, swim me he's finishing his race and he sees that she's not there and so uh to meet him at the end and he he wins the race which is really cool uh, mm -hmm. But he notices that Juno's not there, so he knows exactly what's happened. So he runs uh, even more uh, down to the hospital. And uh, it's a really good moment right between Polly Bleeker and Juno's dad. Because Juno's mm -hmm. dad promised to, you know, not tell his mom and leave them alone and not, not, not beat him up. Um, and so, you know, Bleeker's just kind of there and he's all sweaty and he's, he's heavy breathing and he's at the door and the dad just kind of puts his arms on his shoulders and, and kind of nods to him and then lets him go in uh, mm -hmm. so that he can see Juno and Juno, you know, she hasn't, she's not holding the baby. She hasn't seen the baby. Um, she's just kind of there curled up, you know, sad um, as you would be. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he kind of, he kind of gets in the bed, you know, kind of behind her and uh, just kind of gives her some comfort. It's uh, really sweet. It kind of pans down and you'll see uh, like they're, feet there and he still has on his like track spikes and stuff it's a it's a really sweet uh very emotional scene um and then and then you get to see downstairs um uh, vanessa is there uh with the baby holding it um and uh juno's stepmom brenda actually uh goes down and and sees her holding holding her and vanessa's you know asks her how does she look and she's like you look like look like a mom look like a new mom <laughs> don't, don't know what you're doing but it'll all be okay yep. um and and then uh, it it kind of from there it kind of cuts then to um, you know this nursery that Vanessa had been putting together back at their house and we finally get to see what what was on that note and it's in like a frame uh, picture up above the the crib and it's just Juno kind of written in like sharpie marker and it just says Vanessa if you're still in I'm still in yeah yeah I for the record I think she picked cheesecake as the color of the room um, there we go. Yep. And uh, yeah, but, you know, this, this scene, this kind of montage is really beautiful. We never see Mark again, um, which is probably good. <laughs> He's yeah. going and living in a loft somewhere. We, we do know that um, it's going to be the cool one in a loft. And so, uh, you know, time is marching on um, and Vanessa looks so happy. Um, I don't know how she's sleeping as a single mom, single moms, kudos to you. I don't know how you did it. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I barely did it. And I had a, I had a partner that was 
rough. So, but she's, it's a really beautiful scene where she's holding her baby and her baby's a boy, it's a boy. And she's just loving on him and giving him bottles and he's all snuggled in and it's really great. Uh, but time marches on and it's now summer um and juno is back to being not pregnant and all thin and cute again um and she gets on a bike and she kind of talks to the audience and says you know bleaker is the best he's such a boss boyfriend you know he's the cheese to my macaroni and uh you know she's got like a guitar on her back on the back on her back as she's riding through town and she ends up going to his house and uh and then they play a song right yeah, that's right. So he's sitting outside kind of on the on the front like stoop of the stairs going up on one and she comes in and sits on the other. And yeah, they both have guitars and uh, they start uh, playing the song. I don't see what anyone else can see and anyone else but you. Um, and that's actually them singing. And that's on the soundtrack is them singing, uh, which is pretty awesome. And that's that's how it ends. We made it through all four seasons, one pregnancy, one school year. Um, and yeah, everyone, I think kind of learned a little bit along the way. And ultimately, uh, Juno and Bleeker uh, end up, uh, you know, reconciling their love and how it was meant to be. So that is Juno. Um, it's it's very dialogue-driven. Uh, so it, the the comedy and the, the wit and, like, the pacing of uh, all the delivery on these things is excellent. So, um, yeah, if that's the kind of thing you're into, you're going to like this. But Michaela... Uh, 2007, Take Me Back. So this was nominated for some Oscars. Um, and I think you kind of touched on it a little bit at the start. Is that, that's what got this one on your radar? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, so I think this is Elliot Page's breakthrough film. I don't think he was um, in much else. Um, but I did see him in Hard Candy, which was right after this. I think it was right after this, or at least that's when I saw it. But I was in love with... Um, their talent right i thought he was just brilliant mm -hmm. and he kind of burst on the scene and everybody was all about um the the character juno and how beautifully elliot played um that character and it was just uh so it was something that I probably was going to watch anyway but then it came out you know that like you know it was nominated for a couple of things so i watched it and I don't think I'd watched it since. I certainly not all the way through, but it made a huge impact on me. Um, certainly the scene with uh, her and her dad where he, you know, he really kind of lays it out for her. And, you know, really the idea of teen pregnancy and how it doesn't have to be the nightmare that people believe it to be. I don't want to say that it's the, a good thing to do, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I really thought that in the right circumstances, like, you know, this, this was the best option for what happened, right? Because she knew mm -hmm. she, she knew she was ill-equipped. She said it herself. Um, she found somebody who, you know, wasn't part of this picturesque family. You know, it wasn't a mother and father who were in love and had been in love forever trying for a baby. It was, it was a woman who, you know, was, it, her marriage was falling apart and, but she really wanted to be a mom and what's so wrong with that. And I thought that that was, was really kind of a, a cool way to do it. Um, and I love the, I, I you know, I love the dynamic between Elliot Page and Michael Sarah. I thought that, I mean, this whole cast was just brilliant. So I, I can't really say enough good things about it. Um, mm -hmm. And to be fair, you know, everybody this past week um, that I've been talking to that has not seen it and has seen it this week ends up really liking it. So I, I think everybody should give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, no, this one is excellent. So I remember seeing it um, back around release time. Um, actually just sort of knew that I'd like it. I think we might've seen it at the theater actually, and then mm -hmm. picked up the the DVD of it. So I'd, I'd seen it a couple of times, but yeah, it'd been a long time since I'd rewatched it. I remember at the time that this came out, this was, I don't want to say revolutionary, but it was, um, it was a much different take than you had ever really seen on like a teenage pregnancy. It's usually treated as something that's awful and to be avoided at all costs and uh, no good can ever come of it. And this kind of flipped the script on that a little bit. Um, you know, it's certainly kind of the, the dy dynamic that Juno has with her parents there was, you know, very unique to her situation, but it kind of shed some light on, you know, that just because you make a mistake or, you know, do so have some unintended consequences to your actions, it's not the end of the world. They're, you know, 
there are people that will still love and support you and uh, take care of you and uh, help you make the most out of the situation. So I think it was uh, well received for that. Like I said, the the acting is all um, amazing. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned it at the top. J.K. Simmons is is so excellent, and yeah, Ellie um, Page, Michael Sarah, they play off of each other so well. Like they're both kind of perfect for these these roles and this kind of quirky comedy kind of thing where they're um, they're both both really cool. Um, and Juno says to uh, Bleeker at one point towards the end of the film, I think, I think it's right before they, they kiss. And she's like, you, you are, you're always so cool and you don't even have to try. And then, you know, Michael Sarah's like, well, I, I try really hard actually. Um, in kind of this, this really meek way. Um, and it, it's just brilliant and, and beautiful and, and sad and moving and all sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, this one's really good. The soundtrack, as we mentioned at the top is amazing. It has some of my favorite songs of all time. Um, the song that it ends with, uh, is great. The song, um, sea of love is amazing. It's one of my favorite tunes. Um, so yeah, so check out the song, the soundtrack, if you like kind of that mid two thousands, um, kind of like, I don't even know. It's like, it's like folk pop kind of, kind of thing almost Yeah, kind of, kind of thing like this, like this guitar folk stuff. It was, it was really, it was really big kind of in that, in that time yeah. period. I mean, it's, it's still around, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a big thing then, but yeah, definitely check this one out for sure. Um, now, if you have watched this and you decide to have an orange Tic Tac with it, we definitely want to know about that. Or if you have any other good ideas for shots or for uh, using the rest of my gallon of Sunny D, let me know that. Um, check out Lobby Bar next week. We're going to try to come up with another Sunny D uh, recipe for everyone. So yeah. let us know and let us know what you think about Juno. And, you know, let us know what some of your other kind of pieces were from that you know, kind of time period. And you can do that on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies. You can find the recipe for the Tic Tac and pictures of the ones we made uh, episode recaps, all that good stuff on the website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And then uh, once you're done listening to this and you thought it was amazing, you should go leave us a review. Michaela, where should they do that? You guys can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere where anchor podcasts are distributed. If you do like what you're hearing, which we hope you do, uh, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review because it helps us get more Drink the Movie stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely. So I I guess I've I've done my shot now. Um, so I guess few. I've done a few. Um, I guess I probably need to go rest up if I'm going to make it to cross-country practice and finish out the school year. Yeah, I don't recommend any more shots, but I definitely think we're going to have to uh, create a Sunny D uh cocktail for the lobby bar so maybe we get working on that yeah that sounds good you right, go we're... run you go run your sprint stuff with your cross-country team and i'll work on the drinks how about that <laughs> okay that sounds only <laughs> only mostly unfair but uh that sounds <laughs> that sounds good we'll do that and then we'll catch everyone next time on drink drink the, the movies. movies that's pretty close <laughs>